everyone, well, before we get in the Word, I want to, uh, I just want to talk a little bit about this week and the last couple of weeks. Um, and it's not just the last couple of weeks, uh, but specifically, uh, we've obviously all been grieving and processing um, these two murders that we've, we've all watched, yeah? And um, from uh, Ahmaud Arbery and George Floyd, we've, we've seen these and we're grieving, we're, we're processing and uh, I did want to make a statement and uh, just talk a little bit about it. Um, City Light Church is a multicultural church. Not because we sing with some soul or because I'm a preacher and not a teacher. Being a multicultural ministry means that we don't just love the culture of a people. We love the people. By the way, I love black culture, but I love black people more. And so we're not multicultural because we like a certain culture. We're multicultural because we love people, all people. Being a multicultural ministry in moments, especially like this moment, means that we remember the words of the Apostle Paul. those who weep, that we listen, and that we grow as a community of faith. Today, I do not have answers. I don't have a plan. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. But I know I love people. And I want to help move this conversation forward. And I want to see transformation in this nation that I love so much. Firstly, today I want every African American in our church to know that you're seen and you're heard. And we love you. And I don't have anything else to say because I don't, I don't, I don't know what to say. I love you. And I want to grow in that because I want to know what to say, and I and I need your help, and I'm asking for help. I also want every Caucasian in our church to prayerfully consider the words of James the Apostle to be quick to listen 
Let's just listen, 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 just listen, just, just listen. Maybe instead of sharing an opinion, just learn, just learn. We can all grow. Empathy is the ability to understand and share the feelings of another. Oh, how the church needs to grow in this area, starting with this church, starting with this preacher. Remember, especially during weeks like this, that we can love our country, we can honor our police officers, we can celebrate our patriotism and seek justice and desire change all at the same time. It's not either or. Seeking justice is not dishonor. Speaking out is not un-American. Seeking understanding is not giving into a narrative. And silence is not a gift of the Holy Spirit. So my prayer is that God would use me in this church to move a conversation forward and, and not backwards. I'm praying about how to do that. I don't know how to do that. I'm telling you right now, I don't know how, but I'm praying. And I'm learning and I'm listening. So my prayer for City Light Church is 2 Corinthians 13, 14, that the grace of the Lord Jesus, the love of God, fellowship of the Holy Spirit would be with all of us. And where do we go from here? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Well, let's go together. Let's learn together and let's grow together and let's we're going, we're going to try to, I, I don't know, figure out using the right word. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I just I want to learn. I want us to grow as a people. Not, I'm not talking about attendance. I want us to grow. And that's my prayer um, for us. And so uh, we pray for the families of these victims and we, um, we seek peace. But let me just remind you that the call of Scripture is not for Christians to be peacekeepers to be peacemakers we have to make peace we have to seek understanding we have to choose to grow and not to turn a blind eye and I believe God's going to use us I believe God's going to use this church I believe God's going to use you and he's going to use me to help that conversation and to bring healing to our nation not today, maybe not tomorrow. That's going to happen. I still have faith in that. I still believe that. And I got to hold on to it. In Jesus' name. So we're in a series called Teach Us to Pray. And I, I want to continue um, on this. Starting in Luke chapter 11, the disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. Wow, what a prayer right now we could pray as a nation. 
Like, Lord, I don't even know what to say. I don't know. Like, help me, Holy Ghost. Help me, Holy Spirit. Teach me to pray. That was the cry of the disciples in Luke chapter 11, verse 1. And now Jesus answers that request. And in Matthew chapter 5, he gives us so much insight into the answer. Matthew really breaks it down and he begins in uh, verses earlier, but for the sake of time, we'll begin in verse 9. Jesus' response to the disciples' cry, teach us to pray. He responds, he says, pray this way, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, yours is the glory forever and ever. Amen. I want to look at verse 10 today um, as we are in this series. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, I pray now as we go to your word, speak, Holy Spirit. We are absolutely open to your leadership, to your lordship, and to your voice. We, we don't want to do anything, say anything, think anything, or for that matter, even pray anything, unless you're in it. So Holy Spirit, lead us, guide us, and help us to pray. Teach us how to pray. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. And amen. Thank you, brother. Uh, so we have learned uh, so far that our Father is good. Always good. That we are his children. We do not pray to twist the arm of God. We do not pray to earn his blessing. We do not pray to change his mind. We actually pray to change our mind. He is Yahweh and he is everything we need. We learned last week that more than just answering our prayers for stuff, he is that thing we need. There is nothing that we need more than our need for God. We were reminded from last week, James chapter 1, verse 17, every gift is from God. Every gift God freely gives us is good and perfect. It's streaming down from the Father of lights who shines from heaven with no hidden shadow or darkness, and he's never subject to change. This is the God that we serve. So I talked about the exhale last week. Before I ask, I rest. Father, I just rest. Before I request, I breathe. Before I speak, I receive. As Philippians chapter 4 reminds us that we are to make our petitions and our praises transform our worries into prayers. We want to receive from our Father in heaven, being transformed by the Spirit of God and by the love of God. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be holy Worship awesome is your name. And so that's what we've been talking about the last two weeks. Now we come to this new verse and let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus now invites us to pray and to call for the realities of heaven to be seen in the earth and in our lives. So I need to start by Reminding you, maybe you don't know this, that the kingdom is here. It was the first message John the Baptist preached, and it was the first message Jesus preached. 
uh, John comes on the scene in Matthew chapter 3, verse 2, and he says, hey, y'all, God's kingdom is here. Repent. Change the way you think about God. Change the way you think about life. Change the way you think about yourself. Just get a whole new view. This is not like the law. This is not like you've thought. This is not God as you've known him. The kingdom is here. And then Jesus comes out of the wilderness, and his first message, Matthew 4, 17, exact same words, God's kingdom is here. He now gives us even more into this in Luke chapter 17, verse 21, that the kingdom of God is not here or there, but the kingdom of God is within you. So what is the kingdom? A kingdom is a country, a state, or territory ruled by a king or queen. Here's my definition of the kingdom of God, the spiritual reign and authority of God. Spiritual. Because remember, when Jesus came preaching the kingdom, everyone rejoiced because they thought the kingdom was going to overthrow Rome. So they were expecting a natural kingdom, not a spiritual kingdom. So the kingdom of God is a spiritual reign and authority of God. The place where Jesus is king and his followers invite his reign and rule into their reality. So Jesus tells us to pray for the kingdom. It's here, it's within me, but now I need to ask for it. Kind of weird. It's here, it's within me, but now I need to pray for it. Why? Because he is calling us to desire that the kingdom be manifest in our lives. It's here, it's within me, but now it needs to get out. You know, you can have somebody in a room with you and you don't see them. They're there, but they're not manifest. We have the kingdom, but we need it to manifest. The the kingdom is within me, but I need it to manifest. The apostle John said, the anointing of God is within me, but I need that to manifest. The apostle Paul said, I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit, but I need him to manifest. In other words, yes, the kingdom is here. Yes, the kingdom is within me but we want to see it. We want to experience it. We want to see it in our lives. We can see it in our lives. We can see it in our families. We can see it in our churches. The kingdom of God is right now and not yet. This is why we pray. So we are not as some people would call kingdom now theology because it's not all here. Because if it was all here, I wouldn't have just had to make the statement I just made. We wouldn't be weeping. A mother wouldn't have lost her son. The kingdom is here. It's now, but it's not yet. It's here, but it needs to manifest. That's why we pray for his kingdom. That's why we believe for justice. That's why, that's why we cry out. That's why the church is on the earth. Because yes, it's now, but it's not yet. It's, it's here in part, but not in fullness. It's here, but it's also coming. But the life of the believer should be marked by the kingdom of God. Glimpses of heaven. See, y'all are watching this, but I got a little amen corner today. 
And we got some Asian people in here. We got some white people in here. And we got some African-American people in here. We got some Hispanic people in here. And none of that was planned. My wife and I weren't like, oh, let's invite a really diverse crowd. We just invited our friends. We just <laughs> Let's invite some younger and older. We didn't have to do that because City Light is beginning the process of saying, we want our church to look like the kingdom. We want people to get, catch a glimpse of the kingdom. And the kingdom is every race, every nation, every tongue, every tribe around the throne of God worshiping. Every tongue, every tribe. Isn't that amazing? As we try to wipe out diversity, God doesn't do that. I've heard people talk about, in, in heaven, everyone's going to speak Hebrew. Every tongue, every language represented, every culture represented, every color represented. That, that is the kingdom. And, and we are doing our part to bring the kingdom here. Glimpses of heaven, miracle moments. My whole life is not a miracle. My whole life is not perfect. But I do believe for miracle moments. Prayers that invite God's rule and reign into our lives. Transforming our hearts. Healing our families. Redirecting our destinies and changing history. That's the kind of prayers I want to pray. That's the kind of prayers Jesus invites us to pray. He says, pray wild, crazy, bold prayers. Invite the cavalry. Invite the kingdom. Release angels. Speak the word. See the supernatural. God, let your kingdom come. I want to see it. So, so point number one, I only have two points today. Point number one. Your kingdom come means I want everything heaven has for me. Your kingdom come means I want everything heaven has for me. I want God's rule, God's reign, God's lordship in my life. The, the kingdom is the king's domain and I'm, I'm believing for God's domain, his dominion. I'm believing for his rule, his reign, and his lordship in my life. The kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is within me, but I want the kingdom of God to manifest. And because I trust my good father, as we've talked so much about, I can now allow him to lead me, guide me, and transform me. You know, so many people... Like when I said allow, people are like, can you allow God to do? You know how many people are afraid to just let God lead? They're still trying to do this their own way? No, allow God to lead, guide, and transform. Romans 8 tells us that those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. What an awesome joy. What an awesome adventure life becomes when we submit to the leading of the Holy Spirit. My life has never been more fun, never been more adventurous, and never been harder than planting this church. 
But the, the greatest reward of it is just knowing I'm being led by the Holy Spirit. That's where the joy is. That's where the adventure is. That's where, that's where the peace is. Look at Romans chapter 14, verse 17. We get the clearest definition of the kingdom of God in the life of the believer right here in Romans 14. It's the, it's the clearest time that any one of the writers gives us kind of a, a working definition of the kingdom. The kingdom of God is not a matter of of eating and drinking. I want you to type right now in the chat, put, put rules, put do's and don'ts, put rules and regulations, put, put legalism, type something like that because that's what Paul's, he's going, this isn't about rules. It's not about, because back then you would go to the market and buy meat, but that meat had been sacrificed to an idol that morning. So there were Christians going, well, I don't want to eat this steak because it, it got sent up to Zeus and that's kind of weird. But other Christians were like, I ain't tripping, I'm hungry. Keto, you know, they were ready. And some Christians were going, man, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not comfortable drinking wine anymore. And others were like, turn down for what? You know, so, so Paul goes, y'all, y'all, you're, you're getting caught up on, st- like, if you can't eat meat, don't do it. If you can drink wine, go ahead. But the kingdom of God is not about the rules and regulations of meat and drink. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Not in the flesh, in the Holy Spirit. Not in emotion, in the Holy Spirit. Not in, not in my truth, in the Holy Spirit. So when I say, let your kingdom come, I'm saying, God, break me out of cold, dead religion. And set me free to walk in righteousness, peace, joy, and being led by the Holy Spirit. I just wonder today, does your life look like rigid, cold rules and regulations? (laughs) Or does it look like righteousness, peace, a joyful life, a spirit-filled life, a spirit-led life? You need to pray for God's kingdom. Is your walk with God a cold set of do's and don'ts? Or an on fire walk with the Lord where he leads and you follow? Maybe it's time to pray for God's kingdom. Have you lost your peace? It's time to invite the kingdom. Have you lost your joy? It's time to Pray for God's kingdom. Don't you miss the fellowship of the Holy Spirit? It's time to pray, God, let your kingdom come. So every day we invite the kingdom of God into our life, the rule and reign of God into our life. Again, not a religious prayer of your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is. No, God, let your kingdom, let your rule, let your reign, let your lordship, let your righteousness, your peace, your joy. Holy Spirit, lead me, guide me, correct me, talk to me, rebuke me, do whatever you gotta do in me. I'm yours. Let your kingdom come. I want everything heaven has for me. That sounds like a good uh, song lyric. Somebody should write a song about that. Praise the Lord. Number two, your will be done means I trust God's heart 
over my desires. I trust God's heart. God, let your will be done because I trust your heart even over my own desires. I guess we have to start with an obvious statement that is not so obvious. To pray, let your will be done, is to admit that God's will is not always done. (laughs) That's okay. You got to get honest. See, so much of Western church, um, not just American church, but Western church has, has given into the notion that everything that happens is God's will. We have, we've been massively influenced by one uh, predominant theologian and one school of thought that is, even for churches that would not think they have embraced his teachings, we, we kind of have and we kind of just... We just kind of accept everything as God's will. I remember a friend of mine getting T-boned. He was driving through a green light and got slammed. And I remember him coming into church on crutches. And he goes, man, you know, just everything happens for a reason. I was like, yeah, the dude was texting and driving and ran the red light. That was the reason, you know, like. But, it, you know, we kind of feel like we got to, like, you know, make it spiritual. No, it was just the dum-dum who was texting and driving and ran the red light. And you were in the crosshairs. That's the, that is the end of the story. And you get a new car. That's the end of the story. Okay. So we, we try to spiritualize everything because we feel like we have to. And, you, and we don't have to. We, don't, we definitely don't have to spiritualize. But to pray, God, let your will be done is to say, God, I believe that your will is not being done in this area. And I want your will be, to be done in this area. I believe there's some things in my life that are not your will that I want to be your will. I believe there's some attitudes in my life that are not your will that I want to be your will. Lord, I believe there's some issues in my life that are not your will. And Lord, I want your will to be done. So I'm surrendering to him. So though at times I think that theology can comfort us, I think it really can, it, can kind of help us to trust God through challenging seasons and, you know, kind of just, well, you know, we don't understand, but God's ways are higher than our ways. And, 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 and I think that, that can be true at times. But it can also cause us to settle for less than what God has for us. Because we kind of just, well, I guess it's God's will. And we can end up settling, and it sounds spiritual, but Jesus is saying, you, you can invite my desires, my will, my purpose into your life. God's will is to be prayed for, sought out, understood in the word of God, and lived out in our actions. Say it again, preacher. Okay, God's will is to be prayed for. It's to be sought out. It is to be understood in the word of God And it is to be lived out in our actions. Don't be afraid of the will of God. I I grew up in a church where we were honestly, we were afraid of the will of God. We were afraid to pray, let your will be done. We were freaked out. We thought God was like going to send us to the mission field and die. You know, get our head cut off by a headhunter in the middle of somewhere, you know, for the gospel, you know, packing Bibles, you know. We thought we were going to have to marry somebody we didn't like. Because <laughs> the Lord, you know. 
The Lord wants you holy, not happy. You know, we you know, said that was like what we, that was like, that was like our church in a nutshell, you know. Um, so we were actually afraid to pray for God's will because it was like, man, what's God going to do to me? And God's will was such a mystery. So, so remember this. Never forget this. God's, God's better than you think. He's kinder than you know. He is smarter and wiser, and his plan is bigger than you suspect. So trust him. Just, just trust. He's got a proven track record in his word. Trust him. When we pray, your will be done. When I pray, your will be done. I am surrendering my will to his. My ways to his. My actions to to his, my thoughts to his, my heart for his, my desires for his. When I say, God, let your will be done, I'm surrendering, knowing that his will is better than my will. So the old preacher used to say, he treated me better than I could have treated myself. And it's real, it's true. But it also involves faith and surrender. I don't go to God with my plans. I go to God on bended knee. Your will be done. Elizabeth Elliot said it like this. To pray thy will be done. I must be willing, if the answer requires it, that my will be undone. To pray thy will be done. I must be willing if the answer requires it. And I've had this before. I've had God go, nah, let's do this. And I'm like, okay. You know, like when Goldie says, let's have ice cream for dinner. And it's like, let's have broccoli. And sometimes we pray for ice cream and God's like, nah, I'm gonna give you some broccoli, but it's gonna be really good for you. Y'all ever had a broccoli answer? Okay, okay, no, nobody wants to say that. Somebody type broccoli in the chat. I want to I see it. Y'all going to have to Google how to spell broccoli first. I don't know how to. Two C's, two C's, two C's. Listen, I must be willing, if the answer requires it, that my will be undone. I don't know if anybody in my little amen corner out there, you've ever prayed for something that you were convinced was God's will, and then it didn't happen, and you were like, thank you, Jesus. Whoa, thank you, God, I didn't take that job. Thank you, Jesus, I didn't marry that person. Thank you, Jesus, I didn't, I didn't go on that date. Thank you, Jesus, I didn't take that weird money. I didn't even understand what that was all about. Thank God I didn't sign that contract. Thank, thank you, Jesus. So here's what I do know. I'm, I've been now walking with the Lord for 22 years. Don't let this hairless face fool you. I've been walking with Jesus for 22 years. I have learned that the more I pray for God's will, the more I desire God's will, the more I submit to God's will, the more my will begins to mold into God's will. When you say, let your will be done, you are, you are praying Jeremiah 18 without even knowing it. You're saying, God, I'm gonna go ahead. I'm the clay, you're the potter. I'm gonna get on the wheel. Mold me, shape me me, transform me. And he's not going to harm you on the wheel. 
He's going to create a masterpiece on the wheel. It's Romans 12, where I'm no longer conforming to the world, but I'm being transformed into the image of God. Let's just read that while we're here, Romans 12, 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed, which is the, the Greek word metamorphosis. It's, it's, it's what a, uh, um, uh, what are those bugs called? Caterpillar. When they, be, when they go into that, con- that cocoon, they're transformed. They go into a metamorphosis. And they're transformed into a beautiful butterfly by the renewing of your mind that you may prove. Now, notice, this all goes back to God's will. That you may prove, that's maybe a better word for modern-day English, that you may know what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You can know the will of God. It's not a mystery. But it's, it's clear to those who are willing to be transformed. God's will is very... I I talk to so many people and they're so confused and they're in such a fog and I I can look at it from, from where I'm at and go, oh man, this is so easy. But you have to be willing to get on the potter's wheel. And then life starts getting clearer. Now I've said, now the church is over two years old, I have said over and over again that God's will is his word. And I stand by that. It's absolutely true. We find God's will and desires firstly in scripture. But, because I've been praying about this a lot, thinking about this a lot, and, and I, knew, I knew I was going to get here in the series. We don't go to God with our agenda. We don't go to God with our own idea. We don't go to God with our own plan and then find a scripture to prove it. I don't know if you've ever just, Lord, I need a, you know, Judas hung himself, you know? And they took the 666, you know, it's like, ah, you know, whatever you need to do, do quickly. Oh, Jesus, okay, you put it down. Look, don't... Those are all scriptures anyway, okay. <laughs> Jokes are still dying, even in, even in quarantine, okay. So, so we, don't, we don't go to God with my plan, my idea, my agenda, my, and then go, okay, let me, let me find something in here that can back this up. The disciples did that. Remember they got mad at that group of people and they were like, yo, Jesus, uh, the, the Bible said Elijah called down fire. Let's do that. Jesus is like, what, y'all tripping? They just, they found a promise. The book of James, the early Jewish church, they did that, huh? They go, James, we're praying. James goes, yeah, but you're not getting answers because your heart is wrong. You're, you're praying with wrong motives. So we don't just find scripture and then go to God and like twist his arm because God's like, yo, I know why I said what I said. <laughs> and you can't, you can't go to God and be like, yeah, but Lord, you said. And he's like, oh, okay, I guess I got it. No, he knows his own context. So I don't go to God with my plan, my idea, my agenda. I go to God on my knees 
in humility, in worship, saying, God, let your will be done. I don't just find a verse and confess it, but I go to the word with humility, saying, speak to me, Lord. Talk to me, guide me, lead me, correct me, do whatever you gotta do. Can we pray God's promise? Of course, let me have Zach come up. Of course we can pray God's promises. Can we stand on God's promises? Of course we can stand on God's promises. Can we believe, are all God's promises yes and amen? Of course they are. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that a lot of people, they get a plan and then they go to God. And God's like, yeah, probably not. And I think a lot of people are like the church in the book of James. They're going, why aren't my prayers getting answered or why aren't I getting a breakthrough or why can't where's the clarity and God's like let's start with humility and I've learned to do that I'm not perfect at it but I've learned to do that I've learned I've learned how to start prayer with no agenda and then as I say your will be done and as I surrender and as I worship the Holy Spirit then starts releasing faith in I start going, okay, okay, yeah, okay, I think, Holy Spirit, I think you're giving me a green light to pray that, and then I start praying it, and then, and then the word starts coming alive to me, and then the promises start coming, and that's how I pray. You know, I think about our church, we need a building, God knows we need a building, and I know we need a building. So I could just keep going to God every day, like, Lord, we need a building. Hey, God, we need to build. Hey, Lord, we need to build. Hey, God, we need to. And like, yeah, but, or I could just go to God and worship. And then a couple of times a week, I feel this little spark of faith. Like, go ahead, let's talk about it. And I'm like, Lord, <gasps> there's that Sears, Jesus. I'm Flamingo, Jesus. And I'll start talking. And then maybe the next day, he, I don't get that green light, so I don't talk about it. So I, I believe in prayer lists. I believe in dreams and goals, and, I, and, I, and I've got them, I've got them. But prayer is so beautiful when I forget about them. And I just go, God, let your kingdom come. Let you, I got a lot I wanna talk to you about, but forget all that, Lord. Let your will be done. I just want whatever heaven has for me, because I trust your heart even more than my own desires and that's that's where the Holy Spirit begins to move that's where there's a flow that's where there's faith that's where there is instructions that's where there is clarity so Father that is our prayer let your kingdom come and let your will be done in our lives in Jesus name you're watching this right now and you've, you've never began that relationship with Christ. What a perfect prayer to pray. Lord, let your will be done in my life. I surrender. I place my faith in you. I place my hope in you. I place my trust in you. If you've never given your life to Christ, I want to give you that opportunity. If you feel far from God, I want to give you an opportunity to come home. If you, if you feel like you've walked away and you want to return, I want to give you that opportunity. If you If right now the Holy Spirit's stirring something in you and you go, man, I just feel like you're talking to me. I'm talking to you. 
Bible says, believe on Jesus and you would be saved. The Bible says, believe that he died for you, that he was raised on the third day. Make him Lord of your life. Trust him with your life. And you would be saved. The scripture goes on to say in the book of John chapter one, anyone who received him. This is not a casual thing. This is a, I'm, Jesus, I'm giving you everything. I'm receiving your lordship. I'm receiving you as king. Anyone who would receive him, he would make them sons and daughters of God. So surrender right now. Pray a prayer, something like this. I'm gonna pray something, but from your heart, pray with me and pour out your heart to God right now. And he's gonna hear your prayer. Pray along with me right now. Say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died for me. and I believe you rose again. So I turn from my old life. I turn towards you. And I declare, Jesus, you are Lord of my life. Amen and amen. Our, our, our MC is going to give you some more information about that awesome decision you just made. But tell somebody, text somebody. If there's someone in your home right now, let them know, hey, I just, I just made that, that, that decision. If, if, if there's a swimming pool in your backyard, go right now with your friend. Say, I want to be water baptized. I want to, I want to let the whole world know that I've, I've died to my old life and I've been raised in a new life. Surrender your life to Christ. Begin that walk with Him. Well, church, I love you. I'm praying for you. Can't wait till we can see each other face to face. As you heard on Friday, um, Governor Sisolek is... Uh, now we've gone into phase two and groups of 50. We're praying through what that would look like. You know, we have over uh, 1,800 people that call City Light their church. And so we cannot do 36 services. Uh, our average attendance right before COVID was about 1,200 on a Sunday. We, we can't do 24 services. So we're, we're going to be online for a little bit longer. Be patient. Stay connected with us. We're going we're gonna to figure out a plan to get us back in the building safely and with excellence. And um, until then, stay connected and stay, uh, stay with us. Make sure you're following us on social media, all that kind of stuff, just so that you know what's going on. I love you. We'll see you next week.